Welcome to One Day Contract, the Panthers talk show, where each week we're joined by a new personality who we've signed to a one-day contract to join the show. One Day Contract is a proud part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Check out some of our network mates. It is what it is. The Roaring Riot Podcast, Not What You Think, and the Carolina Line for more great talk about your favorite team. Follow the Riot Network on Twitter, at the Riot Network, to stay up to date on all of your favorite pods. Subscribe, rate, and love us wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Nikki Wolf. With me, as always, Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report, co-host of It Is What It Is, thinks every stadium should have those flashing LED lights like they have at Alabama. No. Yes. No. Yes. Did you see them at... I do not like. Did you see them when they played at Green Bay? And they would score a touchdown, as they did multiple times, and um, the lights would go off, and like there were cannons that would go off and shake the... Pre- it was freaking... Awesome. I'm not willing to use one of our two curses quite yet, but it was really, really sweet. And I think that every stadium should have them. Every stadium should have like a signature celebration, whether it's a cannon going off, whether it's uh, bull uh, Razorbacks running onto the field. I assume Arkansas does that. Um, sure. Yeah. I've uh, never watched an Arkansas football game. So well, no. might want to check them out. They're uh, 46 point dogs to LSU this weekend. So yikes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I'm in for it. And if they put it at the old boa constrictor over there boa constrictor. across the street, I'll get hype every time they score a touchdown. Mm, I will not. Do okay. not want that. Do Fair not, enough. Do not want that. Good. Thanks for really batting down my idea right off the bat. You are welcome. Love you. Mean it. Welcome back this week. Colin Hoggard, columnist and contributor for the Riot Report, back from vacation. Oh, what sights he must have seen. Yeah, I got my head wobbled back. I'm ready uh, for this episode. Um, I appreciate Josh filling in for me. Last week's episode sounded great. I felt like I had a lot of good contributions. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so I really appreciate that. Also, th- I believe those lights debuted at Sanford Stadium in Georgia uh, at the beginning of the season. So um, they are a terrible idea for photography, though. They need to improve this idea. I'm fine with it flashing in the stands. They need to stop flashing the lights on the field, though, because I feel like it messes up the photography, which is a part of uh, the experience. The photography is a part of the experience? Uh, for who? Ask, for the photographers? Ask, ask, ask the, uh, the, the young lady on the sideline of the Georgia-Auburn game if, if photography is part of the experience. All right, fine. Aww. Good. You really you really stuck it in my craw, didn't you? <laughs> Thanks a lot. I, I sorry, love Georgia look, photographer, if you're listening. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I'm a lighting guy. I, I, I could geek out on this stuff. It's incredible the way that they're – like you think about when we would go to, to, to your high school football stadium, it would take 30 minutes for the lights to come up. Yeah. And they'd have that hum to them. And now the fact that they've got these lights that they're able to do this with is truly incredible. We're just seeing the beginning of it. It still needs to get improved. But it is, I think it is legitimately one of the best additions to a game experience that we've seen added in the last decade. Wow. I think that's fair. I mean, I don't think they've, yeah. have they added a lot of stuff? Well, I mean, last, I mean, it's gambling ribbon, in the seats when they boards, do that. That's like the, the ribbon one. scoreboard. Yes. I mean, yeah. really. But like this to me, like. I think like the the lighting changes. That's cool. Like you get pump, people pumped up. You can you can set it to the music. You can get people rocking and rolling. It, it, it's very cool. I just think that they need to make sure that this that the field stays lit during that celebration, though, because I do think that you you mess up every 
every not just photographers but the video cameras as well you can see it when you're watching a game where the cameras are trying to keep up in those moments and those are some important shots because generally it's after a score or something like that those are some good shots we'd like to have so that's fair the photographer's friend colin hoggard as he's known just just out here for the people advocate yeah advocate 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 for for photographers for the people for the people for the photographers Let's introduce our guests. On the one-day contract this week, Jonathan Jones, a.k.a. JJ, senior NFL reporter and insider for CBS Sports, trimmer of beards, and the kind of guy that makes Ron Rivera's eyes light up when he sees him at the press conference. (laughs) I imagine there are like little hearts in his eyes. Nice little emoji hearts. Yes. He does. He looks over at you and he's like, oh, Jonathan. Like you asked the question and he's like, well, Jonathan. And then he gives you a little like... (laughs) I don't know. I mean, you know, when they're losing, that doesn't necessarily happen. Sometimes I'll pop over there and they're winning. I long told them after I moved from the Observer to, to SI when I would I'd tell them, hey, like, I'm gonna, if you guys keep winning, because my last year there was the 15-1 and one year, I said, if you guys do 15-1 and one again, it'll be like I never left. Well, it, I, I have left. Yeah, um, that's fair. <laughs> but, but, Thanks, you know, JJ. Right, but I'll, I either pop over there. I mean, honestly, as, as a national writer, like the Panthers – you know, the, this is not going to surprise people, are not relevant unless they're really good or really bad. And right now they're mediocre, and so no one cares about the Panthers outside of Cam Newton. And so, like, I don't make it over there as much right now, but that's the way that it is. Are you saying that Kyle Allen is not as big of a draw as Cam Newton is? You're not going to get what asked that to play and say? kick it with Kyle next year. He, <laughs> needs so you know. to, he needs to start pointing after first downs. That's what it says. That is true. He's, he ran for a first down in, I think it was, it may have been Green Bay or another, and in the press box, it was like, oh my God, if he had popped up and done the point, like it would have been, <laughs> it would have been like the highlight of the season thus far. But alas, he did, he simply stood up and handed the ball to the referee and it was not as fun. Unfortunately, I think we could all agree. It would have been fantastic. So I now, could use a little bit more from Kyle. Now, am I allowed to interrogate JJ? I mean, just ask JJ a question right now, and Nikki. <laughs> yes. You, okay. Yes, you are. Now, so you your first job coming out of coming out of school was covering the Carolina Panthers, correct? Right within the NFL. So now that you're covering from a national standpoint, how, how does how do the Panthers kind of stack up as far as being a, a normal team in terms of the way they conduct business, in terms of just kind of the you know, the way that they, they are compared to the other 32 teams. Yeah, so they are they are fairly middle of the road. And I think that this is exactly what David Tepper was sort of talking about uh, when he talked to a lot of his uh, media brethren uh, yesterday. I mean, they, they just, they are mediocre. And that's that's exactly what they are. They're not overly helpful to uh, the media. The, the locker room is is open, but it's also very normal. Um, you know, so exam- example, this past weekend I was at uh, in Baltimore for Ravens-Texans, and the Ravens sent up Mark Ingram, uh, Lamar Jackson, and Matt Judon, who had a fantastic game on the defensive side, up to the podium. The Panthers only send one person to the podium every week, and I don't, I don't know if they've ever had two people at the podium. Maybe one time it was like Cam and Christian McCaffrey? It was like two weeks ago it was Kyle Allen and Christian McCaffrey um, because – Christian had taken so long in a lot. It was when he had, I don't know, when he had the three touchdowns or something. Oh, it was like Jags. And it was like, well, he has to come up, and everybody wanted to talk to him. Sure. And then so he came to the, the podium. So, you know, from a media perspective, but then also, like, you know, I, I think there's been enough information sharing across the league that everyone sort of does the same thing. But in terms of how the Panthers are 
I don't know if you ask necessarily how they're perceived or, or how I deal with them, but it's very, listen, they are not the Cincinnati Bengals or the Titans or Washington. Like these are, that's, long that's a good st- thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very good <laughs> thing to clarify. <laughs> it's a very good thing. Like those, those are three franchises that will never be good because they're cheap. And I used to say that about the Panthers under Jerry Richardson. When you start, when I started as a national writer, I started finding out like the Bengals are never going to win. They cannot win. I went to a scrimmage last year. Um, they had their fan fest in the stadium. It was Saturday. It was a beautiful day. They're right there on the river. There had to be four thousand people in the stadium. Wow! And the the owner is so cheap that there was a big play that happened and you look up to the video board to see the replay and he had not paid the video operator <laughs> video board operator the part-time pay to huh. be there and huh. so there were no replays that were happening on the video board. Uh, to be fair it was probably like 95 bucks an hour <laughs> okay <laughs> that's serious money right and there so anyway it's just places like that that you realize will never win and so then you see a guy like david tepper come in and i know we're going to get into the business of the panthers and i can't wait to share some thoughts on that stuff but um, you see a guy like David Tepper come in, and it's like, all right, he's willing to spend a little coin. He's also very, very willing to get a little coin. Yep. He, I think that's the biggest thing is that he wants to – he's willing to spend money to make money, but it, the, the second part of that is incredibly important to him. And He's also willing to take money yes. to make money. <laughs> well, yes. sure. I mean, it's, it's just like I said before. <laughs> I'm going to shop at Bed Bath Beyond anyway. If they're going to send me the coupons, I'm going to use them. So it's like if I'm going to build the stadium – you want to give me some some uh, tax dollars? I'm going to use them. If like, you pay not? full price at Bed Bath and Beyond, you're just not even trying. <laughs> it's the same with Michaels. Just to let you know, they'll take oh, expired time. coupons. That's a pro tip. Do not believe I, one of the biggest rackets. Obviously, like wedding things are the biggest racket, but framing is the biggest racket yeah. of them all. And so, Michaels, like, shout out to you. I've gotten some things done from there, but like, I combine coupons on coupons. Yes. And if you don't have coupons and you're like, well, I don't get it, just tell your cashier and she will like make some up or find you some. They, yeah. There's always coupons. Or Google out there. Michael's coupons, like as you're standing in line with your, I assume, sparkly letters and poster board in order Fake to make flowers. a sign for uh, for your Ben Folds 5 concert that you're going to. <laughs> what Is that we... not what people make sparkly that signs for? That was oddly specific. That's weird. All right. Well, maybe we should just move on. What's the super important question this week? Well, since we have JJ with us, I would like to hear thoughts on who is the best team in football right now. Oh, well, it's, in my opinion, the the most complete team in football. So I'm changing your question to make it what I want it to be. <laughs> sure. Um, which is the most complete team it's in a football. professional That's version. Right, <laughs> is, uh, is the Baltimore Ravens team that I just saw. Obviously, their, their rushing efficiency is, is insane what Lamar Jackson is able to do through the air. I know that it's not like eye-popping numbers through the air, but it's also because they don't have to do it. They just beat the Houston Texans, a very legitimate team, 41-7. to Sean Watson had never lost a game in the regular season by more than one possession. He just got beat 41-7 to uh, in Baltimore. And so that was really impressive. And then obviously the defense is involved in that, um, that they finally figured it out with Earl Thomas back there. Jimmy Smith is now healthy. Uh, and then, of course, you got Marcus Peters, who's, who's the best ball hog, I think, in the NFL and has been the last you know five years or so. So all of those things together, they're finally getting a pass rush. It is the Ravens, who, who they've beaten so far this season. Uh, yeah, the Patriots at home in primetime. Uh, they beat Deshaun Watson to a pulp like he's never been beaten before, probably since Pee Wee football. And they beat Russell Wilson in Seattle by two scores. Yeah. It's it's incredibly impressive. Can I ask you a question? Because you saw him in real life. 
what to me when I watch the highlights of Lamar or even when I've watched him on uh, watched games of him he reminds me at least of what Cam used to look like where just on any given play it was just like Oh my, like just, he would just, he would pop your eyes. He would make you go, Oh my God. Like you would want to tap people on the shoulder and say, look at what is going on over here. And the ease that he's able to throw the deep ball, that he's able to just flick these 40 yard bombs that he's able to, you know, shake off tacklers, evade tacklers, I guess is a better word for it rather than what. And that's that's the difference right there is that you're right. The, the throwing. No, it's cool. You could just do that right in the mic. Okay, I yeah. typically do. Yeah, yeah. the th- the throwing is is very similar to Cam with the flick of the wrist, but in terms of running, it is it's different. Where he is evading tackles, where Cam would you know guys were bouncing off Cam. You know he juked somebody, but it wasn't like oh my gosh. Whereas Lamar and also these linebackers and defensive ends who were who are in the NFL right now in 2019 are different, slimmer, faster than they were seven years ago. Yeah, and so what and, and more agile. And so what Lamar? I mean, he's putting these cats in the spin cycle out there. And so now he can't take the kind of hits that Cam can. But this is interesting. I talked to his personal quarterbacks coach, uh, Joshua Harris, last week uh, on the phone in preparation for the game. And I said, what about how is he trying to focus on taking fewer hits? Um, Because I I told him I covered Cam for seven years. It's obviously a big thing with him right now. He said, Lamar, sometimes when he is being held up by a defensive lineman, he will snatch his body down to make sure that like he doesn't take that hit from somebody running in. And so he is aware of that. I saw only one hit that he really took, and he had that 39-yard rush where he had like five missed, missed tackles. Right. We've all seen that by now, right? He took a hit at the end of that, but that's the only hit that I saw Lamar Jackson take out, and I don't think he even had a sack um, against the Texans on Sunday. One of the biggest things that has to go away is this bravado thing. And you still see coaching staffs teach it. I think I think Alabama may very well teach it with their offensive guys. This you don't go out of bounds. This is it, it's so foolish, especially if you get the first down. You you have achieved the goal of the play. Save your body, particularly as as good as Lamar Jackson is. Because Josh, we disagreed on Lamar Jackson at the beginning of the season because you were on board and I was saying, hey, I, I'm still skeptical because because with Cam. You know, I felt like he was big enough to take the, the toll, but Lamar's doing a better job of taking care of his body. Yep. And, and still, we'll see, because it, it does feel like with a guy like his talent that there is a clock on him, this because is, the hits will come at some point. With all of these rushing quarterbacks, and I, and and it's we live in such a short-term world that we don't get to look at it in the right frame, I think, that on a long scale, all of these guys, their careers are shortened, and it's happening right here, two blocks from us. Right. And whether we can see it or not, yes, he's not taking all the hits, but he's still taking more hits than than a guy in the pocket. He's, he's his body is different, and to be able to run, to be able to do all that stuff, I will be curious when the first quarterback that has the has the twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year career that is one of these rushing quarterbacks, whether it's Lamar, whether it's Tua, whether it's Josh Allen, it's whether not it's, be Tua. Okay, no. probably yeah. not gonna be but Tua. It, but it could be Lamar, and I'll just say this about him. He is far better at taking care of his body and not taking the hits than Deshaun Watson, who thanks to his offensive line, he cannot. So right now the Ravens sure. have the second best pass block rate in the NFL right behind the Packers. I think it's like 68% of the pass blocks they're winning right now. So he's taking care of his body. And then the other point that the quarterback's coach made to me, he said, listen, not only has he grown up watching Cam, but his backup quarterback is RG3. And so if there's anybody who's going to know, like, hey, don't take that hit, it's the cat that's on the sideline with him. Why didn't they sign uh, 
Kaepernick? Yeah, oh. and just run the the additional like the Heisman plus one, <laughs> right. like like the kneeling Heisman or something, some sort of like play on word Heisman. It was so. The- uh, speaking of Kaepernick, like it was it was so unnecessarily indignant by the Panthers to not send a scout. Like you you there the, it does not hurt you at all sending someone sending a representative there. You're clearly a franchise that is open to this. You say we're not in the market for a veteran quarterback. Well, then what happens in 2020 when you then go get a veteran quarterback, which they very well may. Sure. Um, so then those words are going to come and bite you in the butt. Um, now, is Mitchell Trubisky considered a veteran quarterback, <laughs> or is he considered a quarterback? Yeah, good question. Oh, All man. good questions. It's been tough rolling on Mitchell. Well, the only thing the only thing I'll say about that is is it, that this looked like a charade. I mean, it looked like an absolute charade in Week Twelve. You know, on Tuesday they tell you know Kaepernick we're gonna we need to hear today. Like all of it seemed like a, 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 a charade that was being put on. So uh, for me. I was surprised that the Panthers weren't on that list of teams, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I wasn't mad because it felt like not participating in the charade. Well, so I, and I do, and I appreciate that it would be a charade that was first of all put on by the NFL, and some people believe that it was a charade that that would have been a Trojan horse to get him to sign that waiver that would then, um, you know, prohibit him from, uh, you know, uh, suing them down the road for any sort of employment. Uh, deal is that was is I, that what the, is I that believe what the, that okay also. no is that what the, is that what like the legal because I know that that was different but it, this, that is a, but, that is a general right. thought I'm not necessarily say, yeah. saying that hey here's what Jonathan Jones is saying about this but it, there is a general thought that hey so first of all a lot of people who are lawyers who are a lot smarter Mike Forio did say this he was like it'd be malpractice if if someone's client signed this because it would completely exempt him of pursuing any sort of future claim uh, you know liability employment liability claim. So that's number one. Um, And so if that was the case, if that's the goal that the NFL was trying to accomplish, and I don't know if that was or not, then okay. Now, Kaepernick obviously was there on Saturday and had something else planned. And I don't know how long he had that in the works, but the fact that he got that high school an hour away to agree to that, that he already had security, that he already had all this stuff that was ready and set up, at that high school, yeah, that had been set up for some time. Now, the the other general thing that I want to say, because I've, I have not been able to talk about Kaepernick since it happened, so I'm just going to do this right here very quickly, is that um, with Cap, he did not help himself by doing what he did, and that is the double-edged sword. I, I completely agree with him from backing out and not doing it on the NFL's terms. I'm 100% with him. I understand still going out there and working out. But it is without question that he did not help himself get employed by doing what he did. All those things said, though, I still agree with what he did. So then folks like Stephen A. Smith can come in and say, well, he doesn't want to play. Well, why has he been working out five days a week for the past three years if he doesn't want to play? Like, what, what is this grand, elaborate scheme that, like, oh, got that call on Tuesday. I really haven't wanted to play, but now I'm going to put this together. Like, no, that's that's not what happened. He just it was a bad deck in front of him. Played it the way that he that he could have, but it was always and it has been ever since the 49ers cut him, which obviously they were going or he he opted out, his option. He, he opted out of his own contract, which they were going to cut him anyway. We all understand that. Um, it has been that deal ever since then. Yeah, I, I look at this and I'm down with the, the principle of a profit. Sign me up every day for principle over profit. Like that's what he says he stands for. Principle over you know over his profession. He would stand. He would rather have his principle over being able to play in the NFL. I'm a hundred percent down with that. I don't know what what was the potential resolution out of this. 
that's what I don't understand. Like as an NFL fan, I'm frustrated because you're, you're heading down to the, you're getting ready to the playoffs stretch here. And all of a sudden we're introducing something where I don't see how the NFL possibly wins. Like, why are we making it even harder? No one was talking about it. No one. No one. Was, I, I wasn't. And, and, there, about and there's it. plenty of people that are willing to talk about it, right. but they got to at least have something. And then you give them something, and now here we are a week later. And it. And again, it's just like everybody comes out looking bad. Everyone and and, does. and, and, and to the other thing about Kaepernick, I, when he started using we, which is great, you want to hear your quarterback use we, but if you're talking about your backup quarterback, you don't want to hear that he's bring. Hey, hey, everybody, we got a job. We're. Nobody's looking for that other backup quarterback. Uh, I will tell you, just to to put it out there, Tepper was asked about it, bar none. And Bring it back, you pro. Yeah, Best podcaster you. in the just, city. Yeah, that's why I win the award, baby. Um, and he essentially said, <laughs> it's a bobblehead. Uh, he essentially said, um, if I wanted Colin Kaepernick to work out, I would have brought him here to Charlotte to work him out. I have no interest in going to Atlanta to watch a workout with 31 other teams. I am not scared to bring in somebody. I've proven that I'm not scared to bring in Eric Reed, who nobody else wanted to touch. I, I, If I wanted Kaepernick to work out, I would have walked him right through the doors of Bank of America Stadium. We would have worked him out here. We're not in the market for a, for a veteran quarterback, which, again... But he said he watched the tape, right? He said, yeah. He has he said, the tape. He said he, he has, has the, the tape. tape. I don't remember whether oh, he said yeah. he watched okay. the tape. Disney Plus came out this week, so it's been kind of, it's been a little tight at the Tepper house. Well, I don't Both know. Chitty Chitty Bang Bangs are on it, old and new. So, old Yeller is also on there for some reason. And Boy Meets World. Dark Girl Duck. Meets World is on there. You should all subscribe to CBS All Access. <laughs> <laughs> So are the adventures of the gummy bears. The oh boy! Show. On CBS oh. All Access, bouncing here and there and everywhere. Is True TV available on that? I love. The uh, gummy you'll have bears. to subscribe and find out. <laughs> <laughs> is that where True TV is? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's let's talk more about this whole Tepper roundtable. For those who aren't aware, there was this off the record roundtable. Then it went quickly on the record. Let's talk a little bit about kind of what were your biggest takeaways. Was there anything said there that we didn't already know? Sure. So uh, so just to fill people in, in case you weren't paying attention on the internet, uh, yesterday at about 4, 4.30 o'clock, um, th- some of the local media, myself included, got invited to Bank of America Stadium to do a roundtable with David Tepper. It's kind of late notice. Um, and uh, they did something very similar last year right at the end of the season, which was where you may have read the Cam Might Sit Out the Season article that came out and then all the beat writers went against that article and it was a whole thing so this this year they they wanted to do it again and it kind of I got the impression that he either wanted to get ahead of the news or change kind of change the narrative or he kind of is a billionaire and said you know what I want to talk to the media uh and I got a plane to catch at six so get him here in the next half hour and I'll talk to whoever wants to talk to me I'm not 100% sure that's what happened, but that's kind of, it had that feeling of like everybody was kind of scrambling around. Nobody really knew what was going on. And we got the chance to talk to David Tepper for about an hour, and he talked about a multitude of different things, but I don't think we really got any new clarity on any of these issues. Uh, Cam Newton, you know, I mean, we're going to talk about it, but it's the same thing. He said, we're not going to make a decision until Cam Newton is healthy. Well, when is Cam Newton going to be healthy? And when can we make that decision? 
But when you say that, that kind of makes it seem like, and then he said, you know, in a perfect world, we can go, uh, we can go and we'll win the Super Bowl with Cam Newton. And it's like, well, great. I, in a perfect world, I'm eating an ice cream sundae right now. And I'm saying, yeah. and I'm getting and, stuff done to me that I can't say on the podcast. So <laughs> it's, uh, Josh likes to get his nails painted. It's okay. We've been trying to, we, Nikki, we've been trying to encourage him that this is acceptable behavior for a grown man. Just embrace it. It's it okay. tickles my cuticles, so I can't do it on the podcast, or else I giggle. Oh um, my! Uh, so, uh, so I, like this whole thing with Cam, and I think we should just kind of go one by one and talk about this Cam thing because now everybody has gone the other way, and in my mind, it's kind of the the way the news cycle works because two weeks ago Cam was gone; he's wearing a Bears uniform, and now here we go back again, and now it's like, well, Cam's gonna stay, and now I'm sure in three weeks it'll go back the other way, and then Cam's gonna go. We're gonna do this for months and months and months until we get some sort of resolution. Um, we've been saying it; I, I've been saying it; Colin's been saying it. I, I just don't see a situation. I think you feel the same way. Yeah. I don't see a situation where he's back next year, unless he's willing to play on that one-year contract. But that's a big unless, and it's also it's the same caveat as a healthy Cam Newton is worth right, $19 million. Right. But you heard that key word in that sentence, right? A healthy so, Cam Newton, who has not been healthy lately, um, through no fault of his own, of course. So that, that's an interesting thing that we should, that we should frame properly. And, and, Josh, you're completely right when you say it is a part of the news cycle where now everyone just saw what Kyle Allen did, and they're like, oh, so you guys want to get rid of Cam for Kyle Allen. And first of all, that's what no one who has been in the know has been saying. In fact, no. I went on a, on a longer Twitter thread to say this, is, this decision weeks ago, this decision is going to be independent of Kyle Allen, and that's what the Panthers absolutely should do. They should decide, hey, do we want to start fresh uh, and not have Cam Newton? And, and then also, it depends on your perspective. When people are talking about, do you want Cam or not? Well, what does Cam want to do? Because Josh and, and Colin, you guys bring up a great point. It's that would Cam want to play on a one-year deal with no sort of guarantees for his future? And that's a, like, okay, sure. Of course the Panthers would, and any fan would love to have Cam at $21 million And like, hey, we'll see. I get that a fan would want to do that. But if you are Cam, who has been injured the past two years, do you want to do that? That's the whole, that's the whole thing. Is it's, it's unfair. I, I understand we're talking about large money. But it's unfair to ask a former MVP who is probably breaking down to play the final year of his contract. We know the NFL contracts that are five years long. We everyone says, "Oh, this is a three-year contract." Yep. The last two years are just funny money, just funny money that are put on there to stretch out the bonus. He was never intended to play under this number. So the whole question becomes, "Oh, we'll bring him back." And it's like you said, if I was Cam's agent, there is not a chance in the world I would let him play another snap under this contract. This isn't anti-Panthers. This is pro-Cam. We have to worry about the fact that your shoulders held together by, by by you know modeling clay at this point. I'm sorry. You can talk about the foot all you want. I'm concerned about the shoulder, yep. and that shoulder is going to continue to be a concern, and they know. His side knows he can't play for five months and be number one, be ace boogie, be the guy that's converting third down and one and feel great about that shoulder being good on the other side. They know that. And this is the part that people don't. This is why when you know, like, I wrote for the um, for the Rye Report that that this is the end. This is the right time because otherwise, if you say no, we, we do want Cam to come back. We, we we love him. You're right. A former MVP at, at, right at twenty million dollars. That's a great deal. And then we make Cam be the bad guy and Cam's side be the bad guy because he's going to say, guys, I, I need a new deal. Yeah. 
and he does. He he his, he's at that point, and there will be another team that's out there that will give it to him. I mean, we talked about the Bears. I still think that that this is this really is the end, and everything else, all the other discussion. Is, is, is just window dressing based on whether or not Kyle Allen plays well week to week. And, and so what I said in the preseason, and, and you are absolutely right, Colin, is, was that when Will Greer was drafted, I said this isn't Cam versus Will Greer. In fact, Will Greer might not make, you know, might not be the backup. I wrote that at SI.com, you know, RIP to me and SI. Can I and, get there without clicking? There are a bunch of ads and stuff that pop <laughs> up. I'm not 100 well, you know, the, the Maven's taking care of that. It's fine. And, um, but, and so now, again, it's not Cam versus Kyle. This is about the Panthers and Cam and, and you know. And then David Tepper, and y'all couldn't quote him directly, but I saw this very, um, you know, this was across the board. Everyone said that, uh, you know, the Panthers and Cam are going to do what's best for each yep. party. Uh-huh. And that was the biggest eye-opening thing to me mm-hmm. was that the like David Tepper's out here like, yep, we're going to do what's good for us and Cam and his team, and he has a lot of people, right? We're, let's bring up back that we, right? That's not a royal we. That's a whole bunch of people. They're going to do what's best for Cam. Everyone keeps talking about Chicago. I understand Chicago. There's going to be Denver, Cincinnati. There's uh, Miami obviously has an opening. Uh, you just saw what the Chargers did last night. Uh, How about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, and they're not going to trade him to the Bucks. They will not cut Cam because that doesn't make any sense. It, it would it would be a trade. Uh, but the Tennessee Titans, mm. I, I don't see them doing a dance with an NFC South. Uh, they can't mm. see Cam twice a year. Yeah. But the Tampa Bay Bucks will need a quarterback. And the point being that, like, okay, we might not see him in Tampa, but if Tampa goes after, let's say, they go get Joe Flacco, for example, let's say they go after uh, a quarterback that is on a team that we do not think has a quarterback quarterback need and now that opens up a quarterback sure. need yeah. that can always always happen the Kansas City Chiefs and Washington d- did that a couple Super Bowls ago right yep. and we all thought that Washington was going to go get somebody then they got Alex Smith and that per- and that team went away from the quarterback pool so anything can happen and of course nothing I say that because nothing will happen until after the season. But once you get around the Super Bowl and deals can be made, not officially, but once you get to that first week of February through the second week of March when free agency starts, that's going to be the sweet spot. And I'm, I just want to put this out there for everyone to know. I have already, I'm already tentatively planning an international trip for the second week of February. So if you're <laughs> looking for Cam news to break, it's going to break during those eight days that I am in Nicaragua. It's science. There's another term that was thrown around when Will Greer got drafted, and that's a, that, that's muddied the waters on this discussion too. And that was heir apparent. The idea that that Kyle Allen or Will Greer is the heir apparent to Cam Newton is so is, is so fantastical and logic is absurd. These guys were brought in to be the backup quarterbacks. Kyle Allen is the first guy that gets a chance to replace Cam Newton. He was not a hand picked heir apparent, nor was Will Greer. And I think the idea that we're 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 going from the guy to the heir apparent. It like feeds some of this conversation for people. This is a Cam Newton conversation, and it's just what, it's just what JJ just said. It's about saying you you delivered an MVP, you delivered a Super Bowl, eight seasons of being the best guy that we've got. We owe it to you to let you go and be successful somewhere else. We don't have to be. You know, we don't have to just say, no, you're going to sit on this roster and we're just going to ride you out and let you rot. No, you don't have to do that. You can treat a guy that has meant so much with respect, and hopefully that's what that's where this is headed. And so I'll mention the, the quarterbacks who either will be, without a doubt, unrestricted free agents next year or likely will be available to someone next year. 
Josh Rosen, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Marcus Mariota, Joe Flacco, Eli Manning, Case Keenum, Colt McCoy, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Teddy Bridgewater. I stop listening after Josh Rosen. <laughs> Bring him here for me. Happy Hanukkah. Yes. It's all about Chosen you. Rosen. It's all about you. I would buy all of the jerseys and never be allowed in the press box because I'm wearing that Rosen 69 jersey, which I assume is what number he would wear. Wow. I think he's three. But the, but, but the point being, and obviously, like, Tom Brady's not coming here. Drew Brees is not coming here. All those things. I, I get all that. And if you'd listen to that and you don't believe that, then the only person you can argue is better than Cam on that list is probably Teddy Bridgewater, and that's fine. That's okay, and, and that's that's cool. The point just being that this is the most important position at sports. There are more teams than really I can remember that need a quarterback that will be in the market for a quarterback, and there are more pretty decent, above-average quarterbacks that will be on the market than I can remember before. So all of those things said, yes, the Cam Newton thing is a big deal, and it's obviously a huge deal here, and it's the biggest move the franchise probably will ever make. But, Colin, when you asked me earlier about national perspective and about Carolina, the, the point is that this is happening in a lot of places around the league. Uh, one of the other things that happened last night in, in the whatever level of Bank of America Stadium was David Tepper made it very clear that he likes Kyle Allen, said it multiple times talked about how great of a story was how he's played above uh above expectations he said what were the, the expectations thing. uh well like undrafted not. free agent and guy without a job for eight weeks last year like i mean not that, a starter yeah 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 okay uh okay. in my yeah. mind i think you look at what kyle allen has done and he's essentially done what a backup quarterback should do yes. hold him at 500 well those which are is my what expectations he's doing. exactly well so i don't know where the above expectations part is well because he's, he's five and three winning record <laughs> that's right because that's all that matters right <laughs> wins, wins baby <laughs> technically wins. right right but but that's the thing is that like i i think that like we're i almost feel like we're grading kyle allen on a curve because of his past and it's like no he was entrusted as the number two of a legitimate NFL team, a team that I think we all would have would have agreed at the at Labor Day weekend that this is a team that can make the playoffs. Yep. And so then he was interested. We're not we're not interested in a, a veteran quarterback, right? We don't need a veteran quarterback. We got Kyle Allen, right? We're not in the market for it. Okay, then take that team to the playoffs. And what has he done right now? He has he's not taking them to the playoffs. No. So when I hear David Tepper say he's exceeded expectations, I'm wondering like what what curve are you grading him on? Because I'm here. I'm, he's playing with the big boys now, right? Like you want it, you're, you're eight years old, but you're playing with the ten year olds. You're getting graded as a ten year old, right? On that on that little league baseball team, you're a starting quarterback in the NFL. So I'm going to treat you like one. Yeah, you're and, no longer undrafted free agent. You're now starting quarterback. Exactly. Right. We're right. Tom Brady. We're not saying Tom Brady is exceeding expectations <laughs> yeah. right now, right? Yeah. Well, he, that's sixth rounder, boy. <laughs> What a career. Pick 199. Can you believe it? Right. Who could have seen this coming? He's got six Super Bowls. No, no, but right. I didn't know this one. Right. It's a hell of a story and, and all that stuff. I get it. But, like, now I, we can't keep applying that same thing to him. We just can't. Uh, the mood in Boston apparently is the same. I'm sure as a national writer, you know this. The mood in Boston is the same as it is here in Carolina. The Tom Brady didn't throw a touchdown. They barely beat the Eagles. So it's like morning radio on Monday morning is like, ah, everybody's got to go. These guys stink up here. And you know, it's it's like expectations up there are 10 and 0 and they're 9 and 1 and they're performing below expectations. Here it's well, look at him. He could throw the ball. He takes the snap without fumbling most of the time and he, he was close against Green Bay and like that last drive was was really good and maybe he missed the RPO and that's okay. All right, I get it. Like things happen. But like we really I have a Colin, I have this really strong thing like I believe that that defensive players, when they drop interceptions, that should be treated as when Kelvin Benjamin drops a, a potential reception, right? That like you can't drop those. 
And when quarterbacks th- turn the ball over, especially in the red zone, like that can't be excused. And so uh, Kyle Allen does that. He does not value the football. And he's taking care of his fumbles a little bit, but now he's just throwing it to whomever. Desmond Trufant gets an interception. That dude can't catch. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did give him a couple chances. Yeah. <laughs> like, it was like, all right, one out of three, Desmond. One out Man. of three. Ron Rivera yeah. said the following, and I can quote him. I can't quote Tepper. He said he threw the ball in the right direction a few times. That was a direct quote from him. After the game. Well, that means oh. it was towards the end zone, presumably. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he didn't Aaron Brooks it well, the other it way. It was a forward pass. <laughs> this, is, yeah, this, is, this is the distinction, and it's one we, we talked about a couple weeks ago. When, when, he, was, when he was having a great start, they had they'd only tra- trailed for six minutes, all in the first half total. This is, the, this is the difference in quarterbacks. He is a guy that can play well with a lead. Can he play well from behind? No. Sorry. Right. I mean, what, at this point, the answer is no. Yeah. And so <laughs> – that that's to me the, the the what we're talking about with quarterbacks. What d- differentiates that top class from the because like if you go oh hey, Rogers is down 28, 28 uh, 14 entering the fourth and he's got the ball at the forty yard line. What's your instinct? Oh, oh yeah, this I, is, bet, yeah. I better get there because this dude's about to do something. Right? That's why he is respected the way he is. You're like oh they're down two scores. Well, I guess I can go mow the grass because guess what's not happening. Unless we get a defensive score and a turnover in addition to that. Like, he is of a certain level. He is a very young quarterback. They don't do a great job of developing these guys in general. But right now, he's a guy that can play with the lead. There's a lot of dudes out there. You can find 100 dudes that can play out there with the lead. You're not wrong. Uh, one of the other things that he talked about, David Tepper, was he will not accept long-term mediocrity. And Is I that think, a shot at anybody particular? Well, like? does he know uh, he's in the NFL? Does he know what team he bought? The, the league's pretty much built around mediocrity. Uh, I mean, he bought a team that has never had back-to-back winning seasons, whose coach is 26-25 and 25 against their division. And uh, I, whether it was a shot or not specifically, I don't think that he says things like that. And he used that phrase multiple times. I cannot directly quote him, but theoretically, a billionaire – Close to the team said, <laughs> "Who was recently hired by yeah. the team?" Yeah. <laughs> That's an insider. Oh man, um, he will not accept long-term mediocrity. He's trying to build a culture of excellence. And I, one of the things that I asked him was, when you are trying to build long-term success, sometimes that comes with short-term failure because. Most of the time, you are not going to go from eight and eight this year with Kyle Allen to fourteen and two next year with Will Will Greer or Teddy Bridgewater. Right. Maybe you can. I'm not saying you can't, but probably in order to get to those to that long term success, you end up being bad for a short term, sometime for a long. And what and what did the source that was maybe a billionaire theoretically say? He essentially said fans are smart. And they will understand that if we are working towards something, and they have hope, essentially trust the process. And I think when you look at a term like that, that has invaded the culture so much in a kind of a good way that people are willing to now trust the process, even if there is no good process. But if you're a Bengals fan, so you said the Bengals will never win, right? Right. But don't you feel like they're at least closer now with Zach Taylor at one and eight than they were with Marvin Williams and eight and eight, nine and seven. Marvin 10 and, Williams. I'm no. sorry. Oh man. Marvin Lewis. Marvin Williams is throwing up the goggles and, and making threes. And, uh, <laughs> um, uh, actually, no, I don't just because, okay. because, because they're such a cheap franchise that they're never going to be good. Um, similarly to the Jets, who hired a coach who has not shown any success whatsoever. Also, the Bengals are accidentally bombing, bottoming out. Like, I think that the Dolphins 
Like, or yep. I, I would use the Dolphins, for example, um, as a team that, like, all right, I get it. This should only last one year because if you want to talk about trust the process and the Sixers, the Sixers were bad for a really long time, like right. unnecessarily long. Like, you should not be that bad for that long. And so uh, if that's what David Tepper is alluding to, then okay, like, all right, one-year reclamation project, whatever. I don't necessarily, and I know that you're not uh, insinuating that, but okay, it's going to be some growing pains. Yeah, but- but he also didn't – he could have gone another way and used a different cliche and said sustain success. But the league's not built around that. So it's like almost like we don't want to be at the bottom because uh, the only guy that – I think what he was saying was guy. he doesn't want to be in the middle. There's one well, – then, then when's he hiring Bill Belichick? Mike Tomlin. Tomlin's up there. I mean, Tomlin, he's never had a losing season. And only twice in 11 or 13 years has he even had fewer than 10 wins. And right now, they were dead in the water. And, and right now, they could well, very much be in the AFC playoffs with Mason Rudolph, who was not any good. If he's if David Tepper is the kind of guy that gets upset over, over bad losses, Mike Tomlin is not the guy to bring in. <laughs> like, he won't sleep for a week. <laughs> How many times did David Tepper wake up after the Atlanta loss? Just the twice. That's okay. twice. Yeah. Ah, just shaking his fist in the sky. Ah! Also, I mean, he's... he's <laughs> Good thing his... he wasn't here for Haruki Nakamura. <laughs> God, can you imagine? He wouldn't have slept. He'd still be awake. <laughs> I get it. Like, like the villain in the Bond film. <laughs> <laughs> there's nobody... I'm trying to say... There's nobody that, that wants this team to be smarter and execute better, it, you know, particularly from a front office and all these things. Like, the, the, the different ways that, like, you look at the Patriots, that they get better, finding guys, doing the different things. I would love for this team to do that. That has not been a part of their identity. They've left the roster, you know, static for large, long stretches over the last several years. Um, but the only guy that's going to answer that, to, if, if the level isn't what the Panthers are at now, the only guy that's going to get to them that level is Belichick. I mean, there's no one else. You're gonna you're but gonna sign me up but, for McVay right but now. Belichick no. was not Belichick when they hired him. Somebody has to be. No, Bel- it's Belichick. Oh, okay. Right. No, I'm just no, I'm just saying. Like, yeah, there could be another great. There could be another another Belichick, but we we don't see that more often. I mean, everyone told us how smart McVay was. Now McVay is he still smart? Is he still smarter than everybody else in the NFL right now, or is it kind of regress? Well, they the just mean? roll out that that. That eleven personnel and they just beat you. Yeah, until so the smart. defense figures Look, out how to stop it. You know, Cooper and now, Cup. No one can stop Cooper Cup. He's just amazing. This offense, they they use motion. They use motion, and they have they have the same formation. They are so smart out there in LA. No one's ever gonna. It took a year. It took, and who did it? And who did it? It was Belichick. Belichick. Belichick did it to him in the Super Bowl. Again, there's one dude out there that can do this uh, uh, right now. There's one. Everybody yeah. else. Everyone else is fighting against this sustained mediocrity. But there has. But if you so my my thing is I think that if he is going to hire somebody and I get uh, I made the restaurant analogy uh, any of them if you buy a hibachi steakhouse you want the guy controlling the knives to be somebody that you're brought in yourself so that to me is like I, I think that he wants to build this team in his image and the team unfortunately he inherited the team last year he wanted he changed the foot the business side which was oh, in freaking shambles and now at least he's made some changes and whether what direction they're going in is up to him but i'll I'll tell you just real quick he really likes marty herney yeah he really likes marty so i think that a lot of fans are out here saying clean house or whatever i'm not necessarily that is not saying that he 
dislikes Ron Rivera or anything like that, but I have heard that he really likes and trusts Marty Herney. Do you think that they're a package? I don't necessarily think that they're a package. Okay. And that's a good question. I don't ne- like bonded pair. Right. Mm. One thing that I that I kept hearing from people who I did not believe were in the know. You see this a lot in media, uh, in NFL media, where a source tells me, like, did that source actually tell you that, or did you just kind of put that together? It was that he's interested in Kevin Colbert. Okay, Kevin Colbert, the longtime Steelers GM, who is now on a year-to-year contract with the Steelers, which doesn't make a lot of sense because they have a lot of success, and it seems like the AFC is going to start opening up for them. Peyton Manning finally retired, et cetera, et cetera, right? And so, oh, so now David Tepper, the former part owner of the Steelers, wants the guy who's now on a year-to-year contract. Well, yeah, that does kind of make sense. I get that. But I've been told, a number of times, whereas I've heard around from a couple of places like, oh, yeah, uh, Team X could clean house. I'm not necessarily hearing that with Carolina. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't. I I have also heard that he does like Herney a lot. And, and if you look at what Herney 2.0 has done and what he's doing right now, because he is not giving a quarterback, an injured quarterback, a huge mega extension without seeing him first. And he has built this team. A quarterback to, that he loves, by the way. Of course. A quarterback that he hitched his wagon to because rewind the tape to 2011, and it was not a slam dunk that the Panthers at number one should take Cam Newton. Yeah. And I know it sounds obvious right now, but every Panther fan listening to this remembers that just from a couple years ago. And what did Herney 1.0 used to always do? He, he led with his heart and not with his head, right? And so now, Josh, to your exact point, he's not doing what Herney 1.0 would have done. Yeah, I mean, the toughest call in football, according to Sports Illustrated in 2011, Cam Newton, Jake Locker, or Blaine Gabbert. So, uh, I mean... Patrick Peterson was also the non-quarterback in the mix. Yeah, but Mm. uh, according to the only place I get my news, Sports Illustrated... that's outdated now. That's yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Sorry, go to CBS Sports, CBS Sports, <laughs> CBS Sports HQ, CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports uh, All Access. I'm how, a subscriber. How, how did I'm they not going to give senior up. Senior writer already. You've been there like a month, dude. I'm senior. <laughs> I got some grays. Jonathan Jones 3.0. Technically, oh, now. that's right. That's Observer, Sports Illustrated, CBS. That's right. Let's take a break. More with JJ right after this. Hey Panthers fans, it's Kelly Bardick here, host of the Carolina Line, the newest podcast on the Riot Network, where Kevin Donnelly and Al Wallace use their 23 years of NFL experience to take you inside the game, break it down, and even share some stories from their time on the gridiron. You know, I talk about the defensive line, the athletes of the defense, the big guys that can move, get after the quarterbacks. Oh, dude, it's all about the O-line. That's the real trench warfare going on out there. When those guys have a good day, there's nothing a D-line can do about it. I guess, Al, we're going to have some disagreements along the way. Let's get it. It's going to happen, but we both know that these two big groups of men are the ones that really win games for this football team. The big guys in the trenches. The big guys are where it's at, and they're right here with me. So be sure to subscribe to the Carolina Line on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your local podcasts. That's the Carolina Line on the Riot Network. So this Tepper talk that you got to sit in on. Yes. What was said about the future of BOA? Uh, uh, well, I'm just going to call um, it BOA forever. Not, the, not BOFA? The vault. Um, <laughs> the bank. Which one is it that Madden calls it and nobody really agrees with it? Is it the vault or the bank or, I don't know, one of those two they call okay. it that in Madden. Oh, Madden hasn't called a game in a while. Yeah. No, 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 not Madden himself. <laughs> oh. Well, he got the, <laughs> sorry. Um, I was going to try and do e? a terrible Madden impression. No, don't, really, don't do that. Yeah, no, also, was, I think it was Erickson the last yeah, time he yeah, called it. The, the big E. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... 
he so essentially again didn't really say anything that we didn't already know. He said uh, Bank of America Stadium is a 25 year old stadium. Had a bunch of not very nice things to say about the landscaping and how beautiful the Great stadium bones. it is. Great bones, terrific bones, swole bones is what he said. Um, and he said, uh, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki is off the rails in I the am, second act. I don't. I'm sorry. Um, she had one beer during the first act and is gone. It's because of that old Tuffy. Oh, man. Shout outs to our new sponsor, Michaels and uh, Bed Bath & Beyond and Old Tuffy. Um, Bank of America Stadium, it's it's a 25-year-old stadium, and he essentially said they're probably going to be looking to have a new stadium in five to ten years. Probably the best place to have it is Pipe & Foundry. Uh, these are not things that are surprising. And he also said that if an MLS team is going to come, they'd have to make some changes. And, you know, obviously he wasn't ready to like string up the banners for the, for the new Charlotte dragons or anything, but he was ready to, uh, you know, he, he was talking a little bit about MLS and I think they do. They not only, they would be required to make these changes. I mean, the MLS stadium looks different. There are supporter sections, there are center tunnels, these things that, that have to be done. One of the things I thought was really interesting about the stadium talk was he said that they really did examine a lot of different options for what to do with Bank of America Stadium, whether it was uh, take out the corners, whether it was uh, you know make, make a bunch of changes, but they were weighing all of this stuff, and they haven't really made any decisions, which is why when people are like, well, I want to know what's going on with my PSLs, I don't think they have an answer quite yet. I wouldn't go buy an PSLs right now, but if they're going to be changing stadiums in 10 years. But, well, it, it, do the PSLs hold anything after 30 years, right? Like, isn't, isn't it 25 or 30 years? Like, I, I thought that even though it's a permanent seat license, I thought that, so like the five to 10 years puts you right at 30 years, you don't owe anything for that permanent seat license anymore. It's a great question. I, I have I, no idea what the answer I, is. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think there is something where they, they do, like, I don't, it yeah, it, very generally, they're 30 years. I don't know if that's with the Panthers or not, but a quick Google search does back you up on that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think that they would right probably, there. if you've, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if the internet said it, it's got to be true. Um, if I think the reality is, is that if you look at, it would be surprising to me that they would take their, their people that have owned season tickets and help to build this stadium and just said, sorry, now that may just be, hey, you get to buy, you get first crack at buying these new PSLs that cost $45,000 instead of the 20000 you already paid. That may be the case, but I do think they will be, there will be something that they afford to these PSL owners, and that is not a direct quote, but a billionaire close to the team did say something along those lines. So if they're going to renovate or modify um, this stadium for soccer, um, but then they also want to build a new stadium because this stadium is quote-unquote too old, which... First of all, like it is not too old. It's too old for the billionaire owner who wants to bring in a potential Final Four or you know Super Bowl or Wrestle. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, but he, I mean, even that's legitimate. But it is not too old of a stadium. I've been to too old of a stadium, and this is not that. Um, then why would taxpayers want to? Why would city council members want to give money to something that will then be demolished and? five years because the thing is that this is not going to be a soccer stadium there's not going to be the soccer stadium at bank of america and then the new football stadium at charlotte pipe and foundry there's no reason to have two stadiums there's going to be one stadium and the old stadium is going to be knocked down and the new stadium will be built if that winds up happening so if you're not going to retrofit this stadium for the next 20 years but you're only going to do it for five years why should the city give you this money 
for the next three, five, seven years. That doesn't make any sense at all to me. That's a very poor uh, distribution of taxpayer funds, and all for what? Because you want a soccer team? Like, listen, I, I like soccer. I enjoy the World Cup, men's and women's. That's really the only time I watch soccer, so my bias may be showing on this. But I don't necessarily think that there is a strong need um, to help a, a billionaire 12 times over uh, retrofit a stadium that will, according to him or sources close to him in this off-the-record, on-the-record conversation, that will ultimately not even be there uh, by, what, 2030? There's also a – and this is this is a bit abstract for sure. But the, 2022, the World Cup's going to be played in, 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 in Qatar in the stadiums that were built by slaves. They were built – Literally. Literally built by slaves. The progressive sport in this in this country, where football is for you know the the, the old timers, the people that like seeing people get their you know head, not you know heads knocked off. Miles Garrett, and and soccer is all about you know being being inclusive, except for you know the so like you're going to get to this point where we're going to be like Charlotte's going to be in soccer, we're going to be like in it, and right then, boom, smack dab, there's going to be this huge thing because that story is looming, it's lurking, people have died. People have lost their lives building these stadiums for this 2022 World Cup, and that's what you're going to be heading into. And you're going to go, "Hey, don't you, don't you want to come see our soccer offering too?" I'm, I, I'm nervous about about what we're seeing out of David Tepper right now because when when we had Eric Spanberg on this podcast and we asked him, and they're talking about the, the the practice facility, I said, as a North Carolinian, you know, do I care? I'm like, hey, you know, go ahead, Rock Hill. Take it. Go ahead and take the practice facility. Except for the fact that now these asks are going to come in a very particular order from Tepper and Tepper's people to in- increase the leverage that people have over the city of Charlotte and over North Carolina. Because now all of a sudden he says, oh, I got $125 million from the state of South Carolina. And if Charlotte says, no, we're not going to play ball, guess what's going to happen? South Carolina's not going to be not interested in giving up their investment. We're going to see that we see the team move across state lines. Like David Tepper's, it seems to me that this is being laid out to maximize the amount of income for David Tepper and this Panthers slash Trolley Dodgers, uh, you know, organization that he's got going on here, and the the people they're going to pay are going to continue to be the taxpayers. Are the Trolley Dodgers the upcoming soccer team? Yeah, sure. Okay, we prefer yeah. Dragons here oh, on this podcast. We're a Dragons <laughs> podcast. Dragons with a Z, Charlotte Dragons. Carolina with, Dragons, with if you prefer. With a Z. Yeah, of course. Yeah, lean into that. Yeah, we're breathing fire over there at Bank of America Stadium. That's we're gonna, it. That's we're going to have Ricky, Ricky, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat out there. <laughs> that's right. Before every game, it's going to be great. He's yeah. actually the mascot. Oh, man, I love it. Homer, they don't have to buy a new uh, a new mascot. They just bring him over from Knight Stadium. I'm, I'm I, also, just think there's oh, a shrewd, there's, I just think there's a shrewd game being played here. And it's not – I mean, I don't say game lightly, but there's a shrewd game being played here by people that do this for a living like this is what glick and tepper's people do for a living is to to maximize these opportunities and i think that's exactly what they're doing and if listeners of this podcast want to just take a look at how this can go just take a look at how the taxpayers of cincinnati are just paying and paying the queen city yeah yeah the the fugazi queen city well they can't even afford that they had to to turn down the trademark because they've been paying for the stadium (laughs) i mean it is it's miserable the sort of uh, money pit that has been going on with the cincinnati stadiums every sort of economic study comes out there that says hey this probably does not actually make a lot of money for the city so uh, i do not believe in the dubious economic impact numbers i don't believe in those for stadiums i don't believe that for rncs or dncs i do think both sides lie on 
on on either side. Oh, sure. Because one side says it's two hundred million, the other one says zero. Right, right, right. And there's no doubt about that. And I think that we're seeing that with the CIAA going out and Big South coming in. We see that all the time. You're 100 percent right on that. But uh, if if you know David Tepper, and again, I I, 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 it probably sounds like I'm saying billionaire as. Um, as a pejorative, I'm not necessarily using it as a pejorative, but like you have a ton of money. You're the richest NFL owner right now. So like use your money to do this. If this is what you want to, if you want a soccer team, then do it. You don't want to have the mediocrity, then do something about it. Don't put it on a ballot. Do something about it. You pay don't a, don't go ask somebody else to do it. Do something about it. You pay a dollar a year to lease seven acres of property in Uptown Charlotte. This is the this is probably the most sought after property between Washington D.C. and Atlanta, and you pay a dollar a year for it. Sure. And then what happens when the property taxes go up on the most sought after piece of land between Washington D.C. and Atlanta? You go and you fight it. And like, hey, this is this is a really good deal. And so now he wants to move the stadium, and maybe it's going to be Charlotte Pipe and Foundry. Okay, go, got to go out there and buy it. And then the the best quote for me was like, I believe it's my civic duty. Uh, to to put in money to the stadium, yeah, yeah, I think I think it is your duty, not civic. I think that that is your that is your duty as the owner of the team or teams, yeah. right? That will be playing there. And this is not the, the thing that frustrates me is this is this is a new phenomenon. This is not. I mean, yes, guys have wanted to move teams for years, and guys have screwed cities for years. But this idea that the city is just supposed to pony up is a generation old. I mean, you go back to the 80s, Howard Cosell left football in part, and I know he's an announcer, but he left football in part because these owners were getting greedier and greedier and demanding more and more from these cities. And he says, I'm not going to be a part of this anymore. And so this is 30 years old, and now we're to the point where we're a generation, we just, yeah, oh yeah, billionaires are going to ask money because that's what billionaires do because it's the smart business decision. And if you can ask and they'll give it to you, then why should you not? Because nobody ever, ever snaps back at the at the billionaires of course well then also in the, in the city council and we should also oh, put and something go behind closed doors right they go behind closed doors and and uh there is a, a fantastic council member uh Tariq bakari who came out on twitter who said that this is a, a when when the reports are coming out that the city council may give upwards of 100 million dollars in a tax break he said that it is dangerous that those reports are being out there. It is dangerous. This was a, this was a legitimate word that he used. It is dangerous that these leaks are happening for the city of Charlotte. Like, I can think of a lot of things that are dangerous for the city of Charlotte, but that there's a leaked report that the city council is considering upwards of $100 million to give to David Tepper for a soccer facility or additions to a stadium. That is not dangerous. And so not only does David Tepper and his team say, hey, will you guys give us money? They do it, to your point, Colin, because they know that the city council and the city leaders will acquiesce to it. And so I can't fault David Tepper and his team for doing that. I don't think anyone in this room can. Absolutely not. But uh, we should certainly turn our ire to the leaders that we all elect. Uh, and certainly, you know, local elections that matter. And I'm not going to get on a soapbox on anything more than just like, hey, if you don't want your money going to stadium refurbishments that will only last for two and a half years – then vote for the right people. CMS should have a superintendent for 12 months at least once before we consider <laughs> giving millions and millions of dollars to David Tepper. This is not anti-Tepper. This is just the priorities of, of, of the local government. And, and I'm so glad you brought that up because when David Tepper, about the city council, when David Tepper came here, what was the, what was the thing that, that oh, was— Oh, Lyle's bent over backwards to say, David Tepper, whatever you want, whenever you want to talk, let's right. just talk. Let's talk. Right. 
But he was the anti-Richardson, right? He was different than Jerry. He was so much different than Jerry. But when it came to money, how did he act? Exactly like Jerry. He went right behind a closed door, and he had the meeting. When it came to money, he was the exact same. And I'm, and that that's an important thing, because when you talk about billionaires, that's what matters the most. I, I'm not anti-Tepper. I'm not anti-New Stadium in this city. But I think, I, I feel like we're getting shoved in this direction a little bit. And, and when you use words like dangerous, when you, you, you try and say civic pride, oh, d- shouldn't Charlotte have a Final Four? Oh, we, we did. We did. We did. We did. I know. I know that your right hand man was to telling me about the history of Charlotte. That's right. But we did have that here. Bill Clinton was here. Yeah, and it was great that Duke didn't win. <laughs> Thank goodness for that fact. But we we have had that, and I, I mean to be honest with you, as a college basketball fan, I hate I hate seeing the Final Four in these monstrous buildings. So the idea of being like this point of civic pride that we got to host one of these joke games in front of seventy thousand people just so they can sell out and have a bigger number. But what if Carolina wins? When it's, oh, when it's then here. that's amazing. Then, then it's all <laughs> worth it. Then it's all worth it. <laughs> By the way, JJ is wearing uh, the game hat, which I don't even I don't even know if they does, does the game still even exist. The game. That's, yeah, that's the brand, the game. Oh yeah, that's right. Because they made the old bar hats. Right. It's a it, it's a slightly smaller bill, but it is from the '93 Final Four in New Orleans. So uh, go go heels on that one. But the game, but seeing a, the game hats. Remember the bar hats? They were they were yeah. the, the popular. The South Carolina had the Cox one. You know, mm-hmm. That was the one. But that was the game. Get it? But yeah, I laughed. Yeah. <laughs> You did laugh. I just want that WrestleMania, guys. I'm just ready for it. Or a Royal Rumble. Okay, they don't hold it. Bring it in. Bring it in. It's going to be open. It's going to be open for WrestleMania. It would be open. They've, they've, WrestleMania is held outdoors now. Yeah, open for business. Right. Which for means, Josh to go to. Which means that they could do it right now. They could. Hotel rooms. Also, <laughs> if you get a new stadium, what are you going to get? Potentially? Gambling facilities. Mm. Josh, do you have anything more on that? Uh, on the stadium stuff? No, I, I think the MLS thing is more of a Pandora's box than the stadium, and I think that whatever money he's asking for is going to go through whether people like it or not. Correct. That's the way that no it No matter happens. how much Colin Isn't and I... Isn't that what happened yeah. with the arena? Yes. Didn't the arena get voted down? Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big time. Guess yeah. what's sitting Well, to be there. fair, well, having, like, having, <laughs> having a lawsuit with you know sexual you know, misgivings or mis, you know, misbehavior at the exact same time probably was not the greatest. There was that, but shout out to a, a host at WBT for you know pushing that through despite an actual Democratic vote that said, let's not do that. No. Shout out. Uh, uh, host for WBT. <laughs> I love that's how describe Um I like to play blackjack. Um Ditto. A lot of times when I'm on the road, uh, I will find a casino. Luckily my wife has stopped listening since the theme song is over, so I can say this. Beautiful a lot of times wife. on the road, what I'll do is I will immediately Google whether or not it is legal, whether or not there is a casino Usually in it's downtown. The- or it's on a river. It's always on the water yeah. in a lot of places. For whatever reason, it's always on the maritime law. Yeah, and like there's yeah exactly. <laughs> it's international waters. There are no rules, <laughs> and I always hit on sixteen because of the implication. Um, and Pirate I think rules. that yeah exactly. The thing is, is that it, it, it has become so ubiquitous in America with big cities. There is a casino somewhere in them. There's one in Boston now that is just weirdly like, yeah, sure, there's a win there. Like, what? Why? It it doesn't make any sense. And North and South Carolina, there isn't one. But I can tell you what, there's probably one coming soon. Cherokee doesn't count? 
So Cherokee does count, however, it is on tribal land. And so when the sports gambling thing passed, however many months ago, four or five months ago, there is still not actual sports gaming in the Cherokee casinos because— Not until June. Right, because they have to pass it with the Indian Gaming Rights Act. They call it IGRA. They had to still pass that through IGRA, and they have a compact. The, the tribal lands have a compact with the state of North Carolina and with the, the federal uh, government. And until that compact is changed, they cannot actually do sports gaming, even though they have the facilities uh, and the infrastructure to do that. All of those things said, I have been told through sources that um, that Governor Roy Cooper is interested in potentially expanding sports gaming outside uh, of the, the the tribal lands. I was told, and I'm looking at my notes here, that they have issued a study, uh, the state has. That study is going to come back in April, and in April, that is when things are going to kind of get down to the nitty-gritty of what the state wants to do now. Will the the North Carolina Education Lottery kind of run sports gaming in North Carolina? Unclear. Will one would think maybe Cherokee and other uh, Indian lands that have actual rights to Indian land in North Carolina that they would want licenses potentially? Who will be sort of the clearinghouse for all that? That part is unclear. But David Tepper for the ver- for the longest time. Remember, he, he has lived in New Jersey for a very long time. He's taken up residence, obviously, in Florida, no state income tax. But it has worked in New Jersey, and so he, he likes the Jersey model. I do not necessarily see sports gambling being ubiquitous in the state of North Carolina because of the, the ills and the morality issues involved with, hey, I can gamble at any moment, at any time, legally, and my state doesn't care. All of those things said— um, North Carolina is far closer to allowing some sort of sports gaming, and already has, obviously, than South Carolina. And South Carolina still has the bad taste in their mouth from, as we all remember, the um, the, the online or the sweepstakes that we all used to see. That was They were in every convenience store. There were seven of them in every convenience store. They still have that bad taste in their mouth, and so they are very far away from doing that. But North Carolina is closer to doing that now. The next question is, will they have a a gambling facility within uh, the stadium? And that is where big money starts coming in. Yeah, real big money. Real big money. Now, first of all, you don't necessarily get rich off of sports gambling. However, if you have those licenses, that's great. If you have integrity fees, which a lot of state courts have struck down, then that is also great. But um, the big money is going to come in because Harris Cherokee Casino, for example— they are backed by a lot of money, and they're going to want in on this. And if David Tepper, let's say, can get his own license, then they're going to say, hey, hold on now. We got some friends up in Washington, D.C., too, who have helped us out. And so that's where you're going to start seeing this real tug of war. So let's say that a stadium gets built at the Charlotte Pipe and Foundry um, uh, land tomorrow. I can assure you that by the time that stadium is built, that nothing will have been figured out in terms of a gaming site uh, at that stadium. This is going to take a lot of time. People think there's a lot of money involved, that everybody's getting rich. Not necessarily, but the thought that eventually everyone's going to go fantasy, everybody's going to go gambling. The, just the thought of how much money you can make eventually is what is make is forcing so many people to push this so ardently. I, I would be very interested in looking at an option that allowed David Tepper to have some sort of rights as far as gambling if it didn't mean that he was going to be taking 
money from from taxpayers for a new stadium. I would be interested in giving him more, even though he he's asking he wants the MLS. He, you know, we haven't seen any proof yet for the Panthers that, that he can do anything yet. But I would be interested in something like that where it's like, okay, fine, you can make the money because if JJ and I open up, uh, you know, a little store where we're going to try and you know sell sell slips to people for, uh, for Panther, you know, we're, we're they're gonna they're gonna come get us. You know what I mean? Like. Right. Th- th- Rich people are going to get to, going to get this opportunity. So let me ask you this, because you, you mentioned David Tepper and potentially a casino or, or some sort of gaming site within a stadium. This was something that a sports professor, when I did a story back in May at Sports Illustrated, SI.com, about it, and you cannot imagine how, how complex the issue is, and I didn't know it when I bit it off, and then I found out what I was chewing. I was like, okay, this is going to take some time. Is that what happens when you uh, bring your kid to the game with you? And you say, or your nephew, right? Your seven-year-old nephew, let's say that. And you guys go up to the window and you say, hey, I'm betting the Panthers minus three. And you let your nephew, seven-year-old nephew, hold the, the slip. Well, you just indoctrinated your, your nephew into gambling, just like that. Or you do it on your phone. And it's fine. You can do it on your phone. And maybe credit's involved. And it's not your debit card. And now you, you cannot control how much money you're putting in because there's not physical money that is involved. If it's ubiquitous on your phone, is that a good thing? And so that's why I say South Carolina has dealt with that. And they saw what it, what it did to people. And that's why South Carolina is not feeling it at all right now. And there is no movement whatsoever in the state of South Carolina. But they have never had an external driver who has been so interested in gambling like David Tepper, and that changes the calculus on all that. And so what we know about it is fine, but now you have a guy who was a billionaire 12, 12 times over that they've already been over backwards. David Tepper, let's not forget, he said he was going to Rock Hill. Of course he was going to Rock Hill. Yeah. And South Carolina government still gave him $115 million mm-hmm. to go to the place that he said all along that he was going to. So that could change things, but it's it. While everyone thinks they're getting rich off it, there is a give and take. And, like, is it great that, like, hey, I'm going to hand you that slip, kid. <laughs> Let's root for that team. Well, what's what's that going to do to the kid on Monday or on Tuesday or on, you know, years down the road? And that is a scary proposition, honestly. Yeah, I, I think that one of the things that David Tepper has done is everything that he has said, he has done. He mm-hmm. has been – he has said, this is what I want to do, and then eventually it has gotten done. And in my mind – and I, I'm, I can't really – I'm trying to, like, think of the direct quote or whether he said specifically, I want a casino, I want gambling. He hasn't necessarily said it out loud. Maybe. I, I can't think of it. But it's pretty clear. I mean, they're, they just signed this 10-year partnership with Harrah's. He's interested. He's and, absolutely. And if he's interested, he moves the needle. I mean, he moves the needle for North Carolina, for South Carolina, for the whole Southeast – and maybe for the whole East Coast, maybe for the entirety of the United States. I get that he's not the richest guy in the United States, but he's when you're the richest, when you're in that top 50. <laughs> when we have to actually qualify, well, he's not the richest person yeah. in the country. When there's a number next to your name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're introduced as billionaire David Tepper, like nobody is like thousandaire Josh Klein. What yeah. they say is like best podcaster award winning. <laughs> I say good-looking, Josh. Oh, handsome. Thank you so much. That means a lot to me. Really? I do. I say it. I can barely fit out the door (laughs) because my head is so big, not because I'm fat. Okay, Okay. that that role's taken on this show. Thank you. Yeah, fair enough. Should we play our own game? Is it game time? Yeah, it could be game time. Let's do it. All right. We're going to play the name game. Oh, I like the name game. So we're going to throw out some things that's going to need names and come up with your favorites. Awesome. Right. I'm ready. In. Uh, Josh, I think I already know your answer for this one. 
Give me that Z, baby. New MLS team. Charlotte Dragons, gotta be it, right? Bro, they're breathing fire. First of all, think of the logos. Let me talk about the history of this. The logos are gonna be dope. The jerseys are gonna be sweet. Probably some sort of orange and green, uh, maybe like a silver. Uh, oh, like the, the Barcelona Dragons, one of the iconic brands of pro sports history. Y- yeah, that's correct. Uh, <laughs> different country, Colin, doesn't even matter. Um, uh, and also, I mean, if you want to go back in the history of Charlotte, as we th- as we know that it's steeped in history, one of the proposed names for the now Charlotte Hornets, then Charlotte Bobcats, was the Charlotte Flight, coming in third on that list, the Charlotte Dragons. That's correct. That is true. For me... It's not bad, but it, it is very similar to the Knights. And if you do that, you kind of have to do like the Chicago teams. Like it's like Bears, Cubs, Bulls. Like you kind of have to like fire, fire, right? Yeah, well, yeah. Thanks to the the cow on that one. Um, for me, it would be the Charlotte Cougars. Ooh, okay. The original ABA team uh, in Charlotte. Number one, they it, play in Ballantyne. I feel like. Well, and so that's the thing <laughs> is that, that that's perfect on Thirsty Thursdays. Forget Thirsty Thursdays. We're gonna have Cougar Thursday, and all the Ballantyne women can come up. I will then get season tickets, but only for the Thursday night games. <laughs> the Thursday and, night package. Yeah, it'll it'll be fantastic. I'll tell I'll tell CBS like guys, I can't cover Thursday night football. Yeah. <laughs> I got my I, shirt that says Thursday night package on it. I gotta go to the thing. I can't, I don't have a so did you have a name? Sure. Yeah, no, the Charlotte Cougars. Okay, yeah. so yeah, so I think that synergy is important. Okay, between right. between. You know, I mean, if Tepper is going to have have two teams, I think that, um, and also bringing in Charlotte's history. So I went with the Tepcats. Oh, <laughs> oh I like that. I like Cause, that. Because if you're if you're really a Charlotte billionaire, then you just name the team after yourself and just ignore what the people say. Love it. Uh, fun fact, just uh, just when the checkers came to town, when the I was living in Charlotte, and they had a name the team contest, which obviously at the time, as a young child, I was like, I got a chance to name the team. This is going to be awesome. And obviously never had any sort of chance. My personal favorite was the Charlotte Orange Barrels because they're just orange barrels littered throughout the, seri- throughout the city. And uh, as an 11-year-old boy, I thought it was very clever. That's a really bad idea. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Terrible idea. The, think of the jerseys, orange with white stripes. would <laughs> have been awful. All right, I'm going to give you two stadium options, okay? So I'm going to throw them both out there so that way you don't waste one on, you know. New stadium with sponsor... And new stadium without sponsor. Without sponsor? Is, what? Well, it's like, is it's that like the a, name of the stadium? The no, sponsor with, no, stadium? Without sponsor, it's like it's just it's just a placeholder, right? Because we know they're going to have. Well, a, but it does, not necessarily. I mean, they're they're. It, well, it makes it worse if you were like, "Is it going to be Sam Mills Stadium?" You know, and then you're like, "Oh, by the way, we've actually decided to switch it over to make it uh, Quiznos Stadium." Right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sam Mills, for all your contributions. How but did, how did but Qdoba, but Qdoba, I was just going for. Do Quiznos still exist? Do they not? Thing? I have no idea. I don't know either, but they had like some of the best commercials. Yes, right. They did. Yeah, yeah. toasty. Right, the toaster was really. I that was the that really it changed was, the game. A, it was a game changer. And then Subway was just like, ha ha. We also have toasters now. So right. suck it, quiz. Well, well, Firehouse you, stole their, their or yoga mat bread. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, how can you go into a Walmart and the only thing you can smell is Subway bread? It doesn't make sense. You know, there are people that love the smell of Subways, and that, to me, doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I, I will eat a Subway like sandwich. Like the underground train? or the, <laughs> <laughs> like, the, like the scent of ammonia? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm a Subway guy. Uh, not a Harris Teeter sub, obviously, but I, I do like the Subway sandwiches, but the smell in there just... Uh, How can man, you be a foodie and also be a Subway guy? This is confounding to yeah, me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I like that. I, you're, you're Fugazi. Mm, mm. Man. Have I you been know, to the Subway man. Should I stop Wilkinson? the podcast? <laughs> no. Go. I, I oh. bet you won't be a fan anymore. Okay, that's fair. That'll turn me off. That'll be yes. like scared straight. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're Nick, welcome. <laughs> Nikki, to answer your question, I will always go stadium without sponsor. Josh just got back from Lambeau Field. And I'll let you take it away from here, Josh. But, like, isn't it so refreshing to go in somewhere where, like, there's not ribbon boards going all the way around? There's not. And I understand it. I get the the money aspect of it. And and that's no shade at all at the Panthers because, you know, 30 other teams do it. But when you go see the Packers play at home, there's, like, one Miller Lite ad that you could see anywhere. And then the rest of it is just like, nope, we're here to play football. And I love that. Can I ask a question? Like, what is – how much do the sponsorships go for when you – but like, how much does Bank of America pay? Is it like a ten-year, three hundred million dollar contract? It's not that big, but it is probably. It is it ten million a year? Probably yeah, between 10, ten and 10, 10, 20. Yeah. I yeah, guess yeah. I guess ten or fifteen moves the needle, right? Like, yeah, I, yeah that's that's a well, that's it could a almost nice pay for a healthy former MVP quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot of a lot of caveats <laughs> in there. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, oh, obviously, sign me up. Sign me up. By yeah. the way. Don't I, I'm not, I don't want a corporate overlord on the on the outside. You don't want the I've just accepted I've just accepted the reality that if David Tepper was like, oh, listen, I'm gonna go to South Carolina, I'm gonna get him to build me a road. They're going, no, they haven't built a road in 25 years. He's like, no, I'm gonna do it. Like if, that, if he's doing that, he's gonna get it. There's gonna be a corporate. Sponsor. What do you think would be the corporate sponsor? Probably like uh, like a like a North, well, like I would a Lowe's love to, probably or like a no, Charlotte company. I, I bet it would be something that we hadn't really thought about that hasn't that wants to get so like Honeywell, Rock, yeah. like Rocketon, which. You know, went with the Warriors, or yeah, the Warriors. That's their like jersey sponsor. It would be something like that. Like Lowe's can only afford the gate. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, can I say that as Lowe's a sponsor here? Like Lowe's <laughs> out here like laying people off and shit, but they're still like, you know, like, they're still like, no, we got money for a gate. Yeah, it's fine. The murals, they look good up there. Cam, he's doing the Superman. Um, probably it's going to be like Appaloosa Stadium. That sounds. Oh, that, there you go. Right. What a great name that he named. His, oh my god, his hedge fund. Dope. Appaloosa, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I, obviously, I think if you can make your choice, and I spent, I think Darren and I, you know, uh, kissed each other for ten minutes talking about how awesome Lambeau Field is last week. That's a metaphor. Maybe I'll just retake that uh, edit point. Uh, what an odd way to put that. Yeah, that was weird. Basically, we sorry I missed last week's show, Nikki. <laughs> Um, I think I did too. I don't remember that. <laughs> Essentially, like Lambeau Field is the best place to watch not only uh, a professional football game, maybe uh, maybe any sporting event ever. Like I'm not sure that there are iconic stadiums anymore. I think it's like Cameron Indoor Stadium and Lambeau Field are like all that are left. Yeah, Fenway, Wrigley. I guess Fenway kind of is like, eh, like yeah, it just kind of is. I agree. Like if you get a good Duke game, like if somehow they play Maryland again, or obviously the Carolina game. But really, any garden variety Packers regular season game, yep. yeah, no, I mean, it's by far my my favorite trip. Yeah, I mean, I, we went to a 
Packers Panthers game where Kyle Allen was the starter and it was just ma- like once it started snowing I was just like literally like every 10 minutes I was I like think it's, you texted it's me. still snowing yeah. <laughs> it's still guys I could see the flakes like look at the lights oh man it was just it was awesome but, and but they the, also have the LED lights in case you're curious but your point though about football is the focus is something in, in just sports in general is it, it, this has been lost time and time again you look at all the NBA games you watch an NBA game how many how many have the floor where you you're getting a reflection off the ribbon board right, right. Yeah. All, all game it, it's just there on the floor you're going this was not this is not a, enhancing the experience it, you're like everything else has become so much the, the focus rather than what you're doing and what you're there to do and and i feel like we're poised to be be one of the ones that jump full you know um full figure into being one of these places that it's not football's not the star where it's everything but it's oh this and this and this and this um gambling soccer you know craft beer whatever it is rather than football so that's why i'm not eager about a new stadium because i feel like we probably are headed to one of those places is a new stadium an opportunity for someone who either currently has money in nascar or has already pulled money out of nascar i'm saying that being in nascar country and just kind of looking at What's happening? I have no idea. I don't pay attention to NASCAR, so I... The guy that drives the M&M car won. Oh, okay. All right. Fair enough. Oh, yeah, and he's a super nice guy, right? Like, just always treats people really well. Yeah. Loves he does I, I was like, I, I don't believe that's I don't, true. I think we're not talking about the same guy. <laughs> um, You're talking the last guy that threatened to pull up stakes and move if he didn't get public money? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All Rich- right, I got one more. The neighborhood around the new stadium. It's going to need a name. What are we naming it? I mean, Teppertown is taken, right? In Rock Hill, that's what we're call that's what we'll call that area. Yeah. I, I mean Loso it, is also taken, so oh don't try to use that. Isn't it like it uh, like so it's pipe and foundry, so it's you know, like the pipe, something like that. It Maybe could be found- something like that. I'm gonna go with Ooh, I like this. Simply the strip. Oh, fun. It, and it starts at the pipe, and it ends at Uptown Cabaret. <laughs> <laughs> you do get in free with the ticket stuff. That's right. And then it, on that stretch of Moorhead, whoever that that developer is who will not get rid of those like low-slung warehouses or whatever, I, I, I don't even know if this is true or not, but he just he, he wants an absurd amount of money and will not let go of them for anything less than that. No one's gonna, willing to pay it. So he's like, all right, I make enough money that I can pay the property taxes on this, so I'm going to keep doing it. And if we can – it is uh, – Colin, to, to the first question you asked me about like going around to different places, it is absolutely insane that Moorhead Street right around the Panther Stadium is the way that it is. There is no reason for it to be this way. First of all, there's no reason that the Panthers use that fantastic little parking lot as like a data center when this could be way more right there on Moorhead Street at the corner of Minton Moorhead. But then as you keep going up the hill from the stadium toward Uptown Cabaret, there should be so much more on the right side of that. And it is, it's really a shame. And that's why the tailgating experience, among the reasons why the tailgating experience here is not what it should be. It, we, you, we, we as Charlotteans have a fantastic uptown stadium, and we just do not have the experience that goes along with it. And so I can't wait for the strip to be the strip. Love it. I think that the, like the that. they have the white tents that are around. That's like that doubles as the tailgating. And I don't think when you go to Pittsburgh and what's around Heinz Field right now, you look at that, and that's what David Tepper has come from. Yeah. And he comes to this, and it's 
guys and and gals sitting and pro- I would assume sipping rosés and white claws underneath a white tent while Ricky Prohl shakes their hands. I don't think that that is what David Tepper wants. I think he wants that rowdy. I think he wants people selling uh, cheesesteaks and I can't even think of From an icon. Yeah, bar- barbecue pork and Italian sausages. Yeah, yeah. And he wants all that stuff on the strip or in Mimo, that's Mint and Moorhead. That, oh. I, I think that that is what he wow. wants down there. Wait, is that the neighborhood name now? I, I, it I is now, baby. It's Mimo. It's right down the street from PIFO, which is the pipe and foundry. It's it's all happening. The other thing that shouldn't oh. be part of your tailgating experience is, hey, hey where where are the portagons? Oh, yeah, you see the Stan Mills statue? Yeah, right in front of that. <laughs> <laughs> that should not be part of your tailgating experience. Uh, that's that's undoubtedly the biggest problem with a statue around Bank of America Stadium, <laughs> bar none. <laughs> Easily. 100%. What, what, uh, what other thing could you argue with? I mean, there now, is nothing wrong with anything no. else around Bank of America In five Stadium. to ten years, are we taking the statue with us? Is that part of the contract? Yeah. Yeah. What's in that contract? You mean to Richardson Stadium? No, no it is. It absolutely yeah. is. As, as, it was, as it was told to me, so long as the Carolina Panthers are the Carolina Panthers, uh, that statue is where the Carolina Panthers play. So that's what uh, that's what a source told me. Oh boy! You cannot put a drape over the statue. You cannot build shrubberies around the statue. You cannot build a statue that is as tall or taller than the statue. That statue is there in perpetuity. And as it was conveyed to me, if let's say they move this team to ro- even Rock Hill, because of course that statue is going with them across the street to Charlotte Pipe and Foundry. If they Be move fun. them to to Rock Hill and they remain the Carolina Panthers, that statue goes with it. There How you, do you go. get the statue there? <laughs> Can you dress that's it, your big problem? Is are we allowed to dress it up like Daniel LaRusso I just, I just on Halloween? It. <laughs> like it's a shower. So <laughs> on Halloween, like what do they say about like Halloween costumes? A lot of questions. So, so here's the only thing. Um, that here's the really only way that it can go away. Number one, the Carolina Panthers become the London Panthers. Number two, or the Carolina Dragons. <laughs> that is correct. Or the Carolina Dragons. Or number two. Um, the the statue becomes a safety hazard. It becomes dangerous. Let's say someone happens to do something to it, and it becomes an obstacle for people's ingress and egress to from the stadium. There's like a lot of sharp edges, like if it had gotten like gouged or something. Or- yes, yes. So those are the two ways that the, that the statue is removed, that it then becomes a public safety issue, or the team uh, becomes the St. Louis Panthers. Or the Carolina Dragons with a S, and the soccer team is Dragons with a Z. That's going to be really awkward when it's like, oh, you know, down in New Orleans, they've they've taken down another Confederate monument, and uh, oh, oh, it's here in Carolina, we're moving, we're moving an owner statue from one stadium to another yeah. to preserve this legacy. Oh boy, that's going to go really well. It's going to go really, really well. It's going to be a great day on social media when it's like rolling down, trade and try on. <laughs> I, I don't have anything to say. I have nothing to add about that. <laughs> you mean uh, you mean Trey try? No. no. No, you can't do it with that Trey one. try too hard, I think, is what I'm <laughs> There you go. Nailed it. JJ, where can the folks find you on all the interwebs and social medias? Oh, my goodness. You can find me on Twitter, at jjones9. Uh, I don't have Instagram. You can uh, follow my work, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ, the streaming service uh, that is there for the cord cutters, as along with anyone else that has, you know, Apple TV, Roku, et cetera, et cetera, such as the Iraq. And, um, yeah, and I'm always at whatever I think is the best game on Sunday or Monday of the NFL week. 
So I will be... Panthers, uh, Redskins in two weeks? I will not. A hundred percent no. Mm. Uh, this the week, Haskins Bowl? No. Uh, where am I going? Oh, I will be at Rams-Ravens in L.A. on Monday. I'm hoping to be here, though, on... Uh, December 15th, between the potential MVP frontrunner, not right now, he's number two, Russell Wilson, and the Seattle Seahawks versus the Carolina Panthers. And the number four MVP frontrunner, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, like six or seven. Yeah, I'm, I'm I mean, sure. There's a fourth Air- frontrunner. Yeah, yeah. From- <laughs> That's the beginning of the pack. I don't think there's a frontrunner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me right now, like one through three, it goes Lamar, um, Russell, and Dak. Uh, Dak is playing out of his mind right now. And then there's a jumble of people where you have Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, obviously a tough game that he's coming off. And then, honestly, if you have Christian McCaffrey up there, then you have to have Dalvin Cook right beside him because he's having a very similar year. Real talk, and I understand you already did your plug, so we should probably – people have checked out. As soon as they find out your Twitter handle, they're out. That's all. (laughs) This is what they've been listening to the whole time. (laughs) Uh, What is it? Come on! (laughs) This is ridiculous. Um, It changes so often. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If he breaks the yards from scrimmage record, which theoretically he might – I, I think he has a very good chance to do because they're just going to continue to run him into the ground even when they're seven and uh, when they're five and nine. Keep um, Yeah, uh, that that probably won't even do it. So it's like if that won't do it, what? How can you? How can you win the MVP as a running back? Sorry, I don't want to be a more whole thing. Be, have a more successful team. That's it. It's, That's it's, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if they're thirteen yeah. and three, and he breaks the yards from scrimmage because, records, and Kyle Allen's the quarterback, then probably he's in these. Because well, you, you think know, he's gotten stopped? He's gotten stopped two times at the goal line at the end of the games. Like yep. that's two game winners in theory that if he punches in, that swings your case and you got two more wins. That's a hundred percent accurate. He cannot, he cannot win it unless his team at least goes to the playoffs. When you look at with Adrian Tomlinson, Sean Alexander uh, and Adrian Peterson, they all had record breaking years or in Adrian Peterson's case, near remarkable record breaking year. But in all of their cases, they were all playing in January. And so Chris McCaffrey and the Panthers cannot make it to the playoffs. And then also not to necessarily compare but I don't uh, – well, Peyton Manning had a very good year in the Sean Alexander year. He was the only other person, I think, to receive votes. Maybe didn't one other go, person didn't did. They, didn't they split? They go co-MVP in no, that year? No, that was, that that was Manning and McNair. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I think – But it also means Manning was coming off of having won Correct. Recently. In 03 and then it was 04, right. Um, and so with McCaffrey, if they're not in the playoffs, then he has to break a record. But then not only that, but then you have to have Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson. They right, all have all to come back worse. down to earth. Yeah, yeah and they're probably not going to. Yeah, because no. you got quarter, quarterback record, quarterback, you know, quarterback records. That's going to rank over running back records. Like there's there's always a pecking right. order, and quarterback will win out. So you you have to have an exceptional year and be an except be exceptional any year that a quarterback isn't, yep. or or isn't breaking records. You can find me on Twitter at Josh Klein Rules. When and, did you come up with that, by the way? Uh, I don't. Three weeks I mean, ago, when I was in seventh grade, when I found out that a rule. Um, no, I actually. Um, I used to have another one that was just my email address, and then I forgot the password for it, so I had to create a new one. And it just kind of like it literally was like made a decision made immediately in one second, and mm. then it was just there. What it is. was the old one? Was it a hot? Mail I'd rather address? not say. That's what. That's where all the hot takes are. That's where I'm going down a wormhole tonight on the internet. (laughs) (laughs) 
People can find me on my back deck in Belmont. Um, also on Twitter at Colin CLT. And it is cranberry foster season. It is cranberry foster season. Real quick, uh, just if I can do a quick plug. Um, one of the things that we just launched, it's kind of in the beta stage. It's called, uh, it's a new website called The Riot Record. And if you're listening this far, you're obviously a huge Panthers fan. Um, it is a... It is a website where you can check into any Panthers game in Panthers history, and it will log your stats. It will uh, You can compare to other Panthers fans how many games they've been to. You can check in. You can put your oh, wow. seating area in there. You can mark down where you've sat. Uh, coming soon is you can upload photos. You can upload uh, your memories from the game. So it's really, really cool, and you can kind of get in on the ground floor right now. If you, like, untapped, it's basically untapped for Panthers fans and you can earn badges and prizes and all kinds of cool stuff. So I would encourage you to check that out. That's at theriotrecord.com. Can I keep track of how many beers I've had at every Panthers game? Uh, you can. Can you, Nikki? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I need that. That's why you invented it, right? <laughs> oh, that's what happened at that game. Um, this has been anything else you got? No? That's it. I right. got nothing else. All right. This has been One Day Contract, part of the Riot Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Jonathan Jones, your one-day contract is up. Everyone else, we'll see you next week. Thought that I was free from all that questioning. But every time a problem ends, another one.